Greetings and welcome to the Power for Positive Living podcast. My name is James Huey. I facilitate Friendship's personal growth education services and also serve as host for these podcasts, offering openness and caring through the gifts of listening hospitality. I invite you to join me here on Friendship Podcast Radio as we explore diverse topics to enrich the quality of your life. Power for positive living and friendship. Most of us like to think that we possess the ability to think clearly about almost any situation in which we find ourselves. Realistically, I find it is the rare person who does not have at least one major distortion in their cognitive process of thinking clearly regarding their personal thoughts and feelings. Like many aspects of our lives, These distortions occur at different times during our journey. The degree of their presence will also vary. If we are fortunate, we have people in our lives to help us sort out these cognitive distortions to thinking clearly and assist us to make healthier decisions. I cannot cover all of the cognitive distortions that people may have, but hopefully by focusing on a few, you and I can better understand the process and how we wish to manage them as you and I make life choices. One of the major cognitive distortions that I'm going to refer to today is known as all or nothing. We may look at our life situations and see them as being all one way or Another without any possibility for degree. Very few people or choices come in this black and white, either or manner. Much of life is usually some shade of gray with multiple choices. I personally like to use the prism of degrees such as 1 through 10 or 1 through 100. When we place people and situations in this all-or-nothing view, I believe we limit the creation of options for others and ourselves. There is almost no room for thinking, quote, outside the box, unquote, or for utilizing problem-solving processes like compromise. A paradox of life could be that one of the best ways to avoid making a decision is to see life as all or nothing. Since so seldom is this true, we give ourselves permission to avoid making any decision since we know in our heart of hearts, at some level, neither of the two either or options we have given ourselves will actually fit or work. We may even feel free that we have avoided a choice and its accompanying responsibility. After all, whenever we take and implement the verb to choose, we also accompany the idea of taking responsibility for the choices we make. We have given ourselves permission to be frustrated, 
and miserable since there is no reasonable way out of this all-or-nothing method of choice. Overgeneralization is another technique that we may use to distort our ability to think clearly. There are many aspects of our lives that we find easier to live by using generalizations. Some of us may find that we overgeneralize to such a degree that we cannot use the positive aspects of regular generalization. For example, I believe generalization gives us a tool to realize that many characteristics present in one situation can and often may be present in another situation. I found that people who behave one way at certain times can often be predicted to behave that way when the circumstances are similar. We rely on generalized behavior every day, like people walking or driving to the right. I know that if a person gets angry during a discussion of politics, we may assume that political discussion will irritate him in the future. If you and I want peace, we never mention political topics with this person. However, if we like seeing someone get upset and angry, we manage to bring up the current political rage of the day just to see the show that will engage, see the outrage that takes place every time this topic is mentioned. Overgeneralization becomes a problem for us when we take the circumstances from one situation and apply these circumstances to another situation that usually is different in some significant way. And that's the key point. It's different. It may have similar characteristics, but it's different in some significant way. We do not focus on the significance of this difference. We allow overgeneralization to distort us from having a clear view to make more healthy choices where the situation is similar but is not the same. A third process is discounting the positives. Discounting the positives is a process where we tend to see only the problems of the situation where only a negative outcome is likely to occur. Using the half-glass analogy, we focus on the empty part of the glass and ignore or discount any positive aspects which may be present. If they're present, we choose to overlook them. Many people like to view people and their life situations using this particular cognitive distortion. Frequently, they like to play mental mind games like Yes, but. The mind game, yes, but, this is where any positive view, any positive view that makes its appearance, is immediately attached with a negative view to discount or lessen its value or the likelihood of it happening with a positive outcome. Many of us with positive attitudes can easily be trapped into playing mental mind games like yes but. Even those with a missionary zeal, a missionary zeal of positivism, can leave these encounters with feelings of disappointment and failure. It is difficult to feel good around a skilled 
and very well practiced yes but player. Recognize who they are and recognize the game that is being played. I believe we can usually be happier with the life choices we make for ourselves when we accept the realization that people make choices to meet their needs, not mine, we are very seldom, if ever, going to change without some inner need on their part. The other person, I believe, has to feel and experience a need from internally, not some word of wisdom or brilliant insight that you and I can give them. We are the ones who are responsible to manage our own distortions for clearer thinking. You and I are responsible. We get to manage the distortions that we use. A fourth distortion is entitled mind reading, and another one is fortune telling. Mind reading and fortune telling are two other distortions that are easy to use. In mind reading, we tend to behave as though we really can read the mind of another person, regardless of the length of the history that you and I have and that we have had with this person and the depth of the conversations we've had over time. I believe that usually you and I do not know for sure what the other person is thinking and feeling, regardless of what they say or have done. We will only know to some degree. Using mind reading to understand a person or situation often gives us a false sense of power. We like to think of ourselves as being very observant and excellent listeners when objective data will usually tell us that this is not true for many of us. We've said on these podcasts many times, listening is work. It takes a lot of time and effort and is frequently avoided by many in our society. Mind readers often use the defense mechanism of projection where they place or project their own thoughts, their own feelings into the other person. They make the assumption that the other individual is a certain way. It is easy to make our own personal decisions based on this assumption error when we know that uh, or we assume that we know what another person is thinking. People are just like me. Well, if that were the case, it would be easier to make the easier decisions in our thinking. But the reality is our world is full of diverse people. This is why yours truly is constantly using the guideline for my life, different strokes for different folks. Fortune telling, on the other hand, is where we predict what will take place in the future based on what has happened in the past. Yes, it can be valuable to learn history of a civilization, religion, education, ethics, and a variety of topics using the concept of fortune and learning what has happened in the past and being able to help understand what could happen in the future. We can learn much about options available to us today based on what has happened to others in the past. Or we can also make that same thing about 
making decisions for our future. Where have we been? The error comes when you and I make the assumption that our future will be a certain way just because the past of others and the past of ourselves has been a certain way. You and I can pretend that we tell our future by looking at the past of others and ourselves. We operate with the assumption that nothing in life ever changes. And for those of you who, like me, have been alive and well for a long period of time, we know that life can change radically, and it can change quickly. However, if humans were consistent like non-human machines, this process of fortune-telling may be a great deal more effective. You and I are not machines. Humans can also use the past as a way to lessen the effort to make their future different from what has already taken place. We have constantly referred to the guideline of when you do what you've always done, you will get what you've always got. If you won't change, then change has to take place. The power to choose and re-choose a different path is a human trait that you and I are always free to use and we are free to not use it. There are times when most people would look at a situation and conclude that the thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are normal and appropriate. To fit into this pattern is a common goal for many of us. We like to be normal. As social animals, we like to fit into the pattern where we are normal with the others around us. Usually that means to go along with the majority where the past is more important than the future in determining behavior. In our culture, we like stability. Stability tends to be built on the past. Experimenting with new behavior or experimenting with new feelings is very risky. And many of us tend to be risk adversive. But if you want to change, then you experiment and it can have numerous risks. For many, risk is something to be avoided. However, for other people, their distortion for clear thinking comes from the tendency to magnify or minimize a portion of the world in which they live. For example, the magnifier, much of his or her world is out of proportion to others. The crisis the magnifier experiences are more extreme than what other people experience. Their loneliness is much more intense than what other people are feeling. The consequences of their choices are more important and have more consequences than those made by other people. Everything is magnified. If everything is magnified, it can be very difficult to be calm and rational in developing clear thoughts where nothing is normal and everything around them is large, significant, and can frequently be overpowering. On the other hand, the minimizer is the opposite. None of their choices have any significance on the individual or on other people. 
the outcome of the minimizer believes that their lives are totally unimportant. Their feelings, their thoughts are as unimportant as their behavior. Naturally, for the minimizer, their, quote, glass, unquote, is always on the empty side. With a viewpoint like this, a minimizer can find it very difficult for this person to overcome the feelings of inferiority and the distortions to clear thinking. One more behavior type that has difficulty with this process is the individual who personalizes all that happens to him and her. Everything, I mean everything, is about this person even though very few people actually live in isolation from others. All norms of thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are focused internally. Others are present to be manipulated in some form to meet the needs of the personalizer. In many ways, the personalizer, he or she, lives in a one-person world. Everything is all about me. Naturally, there are numerous other distortions that are present to prevent us from practicing clear thinking. Today, you and I have covered just a few of the more frequent ones. Since no one is perfect, we are all usually have some type or degree of distortions present in our personality. Our challenge is not to eliminate these distortions from ourselves, but to learn more about them. How do they work and how do they distort my ability to think clearly when I am in a problem-solving situation or when I wish to have healthy, positive interactions with other people? I believe we can maximize the behaviors that assist us with clear thinking and we can do it the most effective and attempt to minimize the behaviors that distract us. As humans, you and I have the potential to develop personal growth, health, through the process of learning, challenging, experimenting, choosing and accepting responsibility for what we do with this gift called life. Thinking clearly to me is one part of that gift that we can give ourselves. Well, this is your friend and host, James Hewitt. I thank you for listening to me on this podcast as I share viewpoints from my own experiences and beliefs with wellness psychology. These are my gifts to you, my listeners. Your positive feedback sent by email is appreciated. That address is powerforpositiveliving at gmail.com. Please join me each week as we continue to explore topics to enrich the quality of your life. As your friend and host here on Friendship Podcast Radio, I always encourage you to nurture yourself as the unique individual that I believe you are. Until next we meet, I remain committed to power for positive living and friendship. Good day.